All right, hello guys. Welcome to another episode of Lumia Sports. I'm your host Demetrius Mason, joined again by Darnell Jones. Oh guys. And Dom. Triple D's, what it do? All right, all right. And we had a short but very interesting night of basketball last night. Five games. So let's get right into it. Let's start with the first game played. The Jazz played the Hawks and end up beating them 112-91. No real surprise here, especially with no Trey Young out there. For the Jazz, it's a ho-hum performance. Bogdanovich led all scores with 21. He was a plus 32. Clarkston had 23 as well, and three other players scored in double figures. And for the Hawks, I mean, you know, if you're not going to have, obviously, Trey Young or Hunter um, just struggled all around. Rondo had to start, and he was a minus 28 on 0 for 7 shooting. My man Goodwin was 1 for 10, somehow still a plus 7, but you know how he does. Um it's a rough night. Uh, Darnell, what did you see out of this one? Yeah, it's just a rough night. Anytime, if you're in Atlanta and you have Trey Young missing, you have Bogdanovich missing, DeAndre Hunter, those are probably your best top three players outside of John Collins. And if their players, if they're not going to be in the lineup, they're not going to win games. And for Utah, Donovan Mitchell, he had 18. On 18 shots, not the efficiency that you're looking for, but not too bad. Bogdanovich for Utah, he had 21 on one of two from the three-point line, six rebounds, plus 32, which is nice. His minutes were awesome out there. And Rudy Gobert pitched in with 11 and 12, so they didn't really need much. Jordan Clarkson with 23 off the bench. They didn't really need much from everybody to win to take down a depleted – Utah or Atlanta Hawks team, and that's they prove. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Dom, what were your thoughts on this one? Even though he garbage, he still needs to be out there so that they can look at him. And, you know, what's going – like, one thing that kind of hurts them is when he goes out there and he takes, like, dumb shots because he's a point guard too. So it's kind of difficult when the point guard is also the one taking the dumb shots. But, like, when he is out there, you know, just the threat of him being out there, you know, it just opens the floor for everybody else. And he is a really good passer. He gets, like, 10 assists a game or around, like, around like nine or so. So, you know, them not having him out there, they're not going to win any games that he doesn't play. So. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, easy win for the Jazz. No Trey. They're now 10 and 12 are the Hawks, and, you know, got to kind of pick it up there. Um, moving on, the Rockets end up being the Grizzlies. 115-103, which you'll see was a theme for the night, is it seemed like almost every team except for, you know, two, I guess, in two of the games had major key players missing. Um, no Victor Oladipo for the Rockets, but John Wall was back, and you can just see – um, I had the thought that he was really going to be the difference, and he was 22 points, but the eight assists, even though he had seven turnovers, plus 34, because what he allowed Christian Wood to do is at least be solid. Um, Christian Wood, 17 points, seven rebounds, three other players in double figures. Everything just seemed a lot more in flow, a lot more in rhythm, even though their bench was a minus. They still just blitzed the starters. Kyle Anderson, 0 for 7, minus 29. Great year for a slow-mo so far, but not a great game there. John Morant, 6 for 15. Dylan Brooks, 5 for 13. They were both 
um, a minus 29 for Brooks, minus 32 for Morant. So even though the bench did their job, they couldn't quite pull this one out and they end up losing by 12. Uh, Doc, what were your thoughts on this one? I don't know if you um, know, but Christian Wood actually got injured in that game. He, like, rolled his ankle. Like, I, I forget what quarter it was in, but he, like, rolled his ankle, and they said that he might be gone for, like, maybe even a few weeks or so, depending on how bad the injury is. So, you know, he, they're going to they're gonna be missing his presence. Hmm? It was bad enough for him to get uh, – I think he left on a wheelchair. Yeah, yeah. He did leave on um, a wheelchair, so he'll probably miss – you know, a couple of weeks at least, if not months. But, um, you know, just John Wall and him being out there, you know, they're 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 better than this Memphis team. One thing that interests me, though, is Jay Sean Tate plus 30. He came out there 7 of 9, 2 for 3 from 3. And, you know, he's had a really effective game from, you know, the starting lineup aside from PJ. Even PJ was a plus 18, even though. He didn't contribute much to the offense, but it, it'll be interesting seeing how the Rockets can fare without Christian Wood. Because I think we all agree that if he's not their best player, he's at least top two. I I think he's their most important player, but it's either between him or John Wall. So you know that injury gonna definitely hurt them in playoff chances. Yeah, Darnell, what were your thoughts? Yeah, I think we had a lot of high hopes for Houston after the start that they had post-James Harden trade. And having Christian Wood miss a few weeks, I was going to be devastated for him. John Wall was nice last night, plus 34. He had four of nine from the three-point line. Suddenly, John Wall can make three now. Who knew? And I think the key was having Jay Sean Tate out there. He was 19 points in the plus 30, but – the way they play with Victor Oladipo and John Wall out there is still a little bit of your turn, my turn. It mm. seemed tonight it was more of John Wall running the show and everybody playing off of him. And I'll be interested to see how they play and how their lineup goes without Christian Wood and once Victor Oladipo gets back. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Tech Machine got to start now. <laughs> Mr. Ejection got me in the starting lineup now, so you feel me? We'll see how he can do as a starter. I mean, he's had a few starting uh, starting games this season so far, but now he's going to be a starter for an extended role. And he, are, and he already has a bad injury history himself, so let's just no. hope for the best for the Rockets. Man. Yeah, it's a tough injury for the Rockets. They've been really hurt basically all season. Um, but, you know, this is what happens when you trade for people who get injured. So it's going to be rough. Christian Wood's been really the surprise. He's, he's been kind of hurt, and I don't think he was that hurt last year. But this is his first full year as a starter, so that's kind of where you figure find out things about him. That's just an unfortunate injury for the team. Um, moving on, the Lakers beat the Nuggets 114-93. Watching this game, the Nuggets had the lead at halftime, and I still went right to bed because I had no doubt in my mind that eventually the Lakers would just stop letting Jermichael Green and Will Barton score, and that's exactly what they decided to do in the third quarter. They went on a 37-17 
run in the third quarter, and they end up winning the fourth quarter as well, 31-18. to And they end up winning the game 114-93. They only held the Nuggets to 35 points. Jokic, only 13 for him, 10 rebounds, 6 assists on 6-16 shooting. Jamal Murray, 7 of 17, 20 points. Um, not terrible, but they both got to be better if they're going to beat a team. Like, Lakers, we know that. And Paul Millsap went out there 3 of 13. Why he's shooting the ball 13 times. Um, but at the end of the day, it's just what had to happen. Michael Porter Jr. struggled as well, 3 of 10. So it was really just the whole team was getting clamped. And for the Lakers, you already know, LeBron James, 27 points, 10 rebounds, 10 assists. Um, AD was relaxed out there with 13 and 9. I'm on 5 of 8 shooting. Schroeder had 21, KCP plus 15 in starting lineup. And, you know, off the bench, Horton Tucker, 17 points. Huge performance for them. This is kind of what they've been waiting for him to do all season. Um, Darnell, what were your thoughts on this one? Yeah, I think when you look at the first half, you look at the tell of two halves. In the first half, Denver had to Michael Green scoring, getting his getting his buckets, and Monte Morris just getting his buckets, and it was just balanced scoring all around. And you were looking for the Lakers to flip that switch, and it never happened. But here comes the third quarter. They go on a big run and kind of just bury the Nuggets. And the Nuggets and the Lakers never looked back. LeBron James paced them with 27, 10, and 10, and 12 of 19 shooting. Anthony Davis has been struggling recently. He's only had he had 13 and nine. He's not been playing at the level that we saw in the bubble and in in the finals. You like what you got out of Schroeder. His 21 was key, especially with Davis struggling. And like you said, Taylor Horton Tucker off the bench. His 17 that was vital for them. They need that bench scoring, especially when you have a guy like Caruso play 16 minutes and go scoreless. So. Good effort by the independent champions, and the Nuggets just wasn't their night. Nope. Uh, Dom, what were your thoughts? Yeah, I was about to say, you know, look at, you look at Caruso, who's definitely been like the <clears> – we <throat> we probably agree like the fourth most important person on the team after LeBron, AD, and KCP. And, um, you know, he had an off night, but Taylor just, you know, picked up the slack. Of where he was, of where he left off, with his 17 points. So, you know, they had the production that they were missing from him. But the thing with um, AD, even though AD has been garbage on offense, well, not garbage, but he hasn't been, you know, AD on offense. He still shot five of eight. But where he really provides his value is on defense. And the thing about like why they were able to beat Denver's well not easily it was a i mean it was a four one series but why they were able to beat Denver is because in the playoffs is because AD can go on the perimeter and guard Jokic like he's quick enough to hang with him on the outside so Jokic can't just do what he does to everybody else like Rudy or you know any other more paint based center just because AD can go go outside when he stretches the floor. Like, we even saw in the finals, we saw AD switch right on to Jimmy. So, like, Jokic can't abuse him. So, really, it was on all, all on Jamal Murray. And like I said, like I was saying in the bubble, he was going insane in the bubble. But, I, but that's just never the player I ever saw Jamal Murray to be. Like, his 20 is kind of – that's 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 pretty much what he's averaged for like the last three years. So like, 
unless he's going to have another 40, 50 point game like he was having all playoff, all playoffs last year, then they're not going to do much against the Lakers. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, Jamal Murray's been up and down all year. My guy, Jamal, trying to tell you to back off from last postseason. He's kind of right back into a pumpkin. Um, this is what I was telling you. And, you know, you know maybe, maybe, he just, maybe he just needs the moment. These regular season games just bore him. I don't know. That, that could be it. Maybe the bubble was, you know, uh, maybe, maybe he liked the bubble. Not everybody did. Maybe he thrived off of it. Because the bubble's did, different. He's done this the, in both seasons before, though. That's my point. He does it in the playoffs. Really does. Yeah. He did it. He did it straight up against the Blazers. It was just CJ went crazy. But speaking yeah. of Blazers, man, they ended up beating the Sixers 121-105. No Ben Simmons for the Sixers, but an incredible win for the Blazers as they had no Damian Lillard. Um, Gary Trent took up, uh, carried that slack. He had 24, even though he took 23 shots. Hey, man, he got to shoot the ball today. Um, Rodney Hood, 14 shots. Carmelo Anthony starting was a plus 26, best starter, best plus minus in the game. Um, Simon's off the bench, 14. This dude, Ellaby, I don't know what the hell they keep doing, but they always find a guard who can score. So CJ Ellaby. Second rounder, he had 15 off the bench, and they just total had six people in double figures. And the Sixers with no Simmons, they just could not really get into a flow. Really, it was more defensively than offensively um, to me, but it was both. Uh, Embiid, 14 for 21, minus 23 out there with 37 points. It's probably just a fact of everyone else. Cork Moss, 5 of 14, as he just took a lot of shots. Curry only played 12 minutes. Curry get hurt? Crap. Yeah, no, he got sick. He got sick. He said he was sick and did not want to come back in the game. Where the hell do you – whatever. Anyway, Shake Milton, minus 21 off the bench for a nine. And Shake Milton, that's really what happened this game. Shake's got to do it. Danny Green went out there one of five with no set to help him out. Um, Tobias Harris, 514 for him, minus 26. Uh, Dom, what would you see out of this one? I saw – the, I saw the first round of the playoffs against Boston. That's what I saw. And B go out there, drop 40. And and the real, the real reason is because, like, we had this discussion. We had this – I don't know if we ever had it, you know, on the podcast, but we definitely had this. And I was like, the Sixers can't win without Embiid, but they can't win without Simmons either. It's like – it's like Simmons really is – I won't say equally as important because Embiid is obviously like an MVP candidate, but he's right there. He's almost right there with him. Like because Ben Simmons really is he's, – he's, he's arguably a top three defensive player of the year candidate. He's arguably number one. So, you know, they're missing the defense. And another thing they're missing is the playmaking because when you look at the rest of the team, like – Tobias Harris was the leading assister. He was the he was leading in assists. And Ben Simmons averaged like seven or eight. Like so the so the offense doesn't flow without Ben. And then the perimeter defense completely evaporates because now Danny Green is really the only defender on the team aside from Thibel. But even then, is not Simmons. Just just because Simmons has the quickness on top of the height. 
So, you know, them missing Ben Simmons was just was just crucial for them. But on the flip side, with Portland, with Portland, Lillard's not much of a like Lillard. Lillard can pass. He can. I think he averages six assists, around like five or six assists a game. He can pass, but we know he's not a pass first player. He's a score first player. So like. When he's there, you when he's not there, I assume that you know they just knew the responsibility of the ball just had to move around more, and you know it was just a different energy out there without him and CJ out there taking all the shots. Like they're important. I don't, I don't want to say they're they're unimportant, but you know I just feel like the offense probably everybody knew they had to step up a little more without Lillard or CJ out there, and the ball probably just moved a little better without. Dame taking, you know, his shots. Sounds like yeah. you do want to say that. You said what? <laughs> Sounds like you do want to say that. Say what? That Dame isn't that important. Well, I will say this. Port- everybody talk about, hey, man, look at, look at Dame staying with Portland. Look at Dame staying with Portland. He got no help. If he had a little bit of help. He would he you feel me? He'd be a champion by now. But then you see that guy over in Washington. And if he don't play a game, they not winning any of them. We'll just leave it at that. Darnell, what were your thoughts? I think the others of Portland are a little underrated. I think Gary Trent's one of the better three and D players in the league. Covington's one of the most coveted three and D players in the league because he has these nights where he's just awesome, but he also has these nights where you just wonder if he's even in the game. Roddy Hood's coming off of an injury, so you still don't know what to expect from him, but throughout his career, he's been someone who improved to score 17, 16 a game. Cantor's one of the better offensive rebounders in the league. He has seven of them tonight, and Carmelo, plus 26, 22 points, three or four from three. He made his jump shots. And you look ice cold for Philadelphia. They were seven of 27 from three. And a lot of that comes down to how the type of threes that they're getting, because I think Ben Simmons generates a lot of threes and a lot of open looks. And maybe if he was out there, they would have a lot. They would have better looks from three, and maybe that percentage goes up a little bit. But – yeah, this game was all Portland, 121-105. I know Embiid did go down for a second with an injury, but he came back in the game. But, yeah, this was Portland's night. One other- that's, why I, that's why I add this. What, remember with, um, when, when James, before James Harden got traded, there were a lot of rumors that, you know, one of the trades was going to be Ben Simmons and either Thibault or Maxie. I think – I think maybe even both of them, but Ben Simmons was like the key piece of trade along with picks. But you know, um, Daryl Morey was like, "We can't lose Ben," and you see why. Like even if Harden came there, like even if Harden came there and replaced the assists, they the the defense that the defense that you know Ben brings is just is pivotal to the team. Yeah, I agree. Yep, just wish you could hit a jumper. Well, he's not going to, and he'll still be the second most important player on the team. So you know what? <laughs> and they win like that. And I guess that's a question for another day. 
One thing I did notice, though, because Embiid kind of had to do a lot, you know, flop in nine and nine, um, and he took 21 shots, he did not feel like getting any rebounds. He only had five in the game, and Cancer had seven offensive rebounds. So Damn. if that, if you're just going just, not, you know, not get a rebound out there, it's a tough scene. Kind of hard to win a game like that. They got a rebound of 53 to 37, and it was really just Cancer right over Embiid the entire game. And then Dwight only had two as well. Yeah. He was only in there for 10 minutes, though. I mean, you know, good rebound every five minutes. Mm. Him and Butte basically doing the same thing. Um, So moving on, man. I want to hear it. I want to hear. I want to hear what you're about to say. I mean, I can. I can say it if you don't interrupt me. That's normally how that works. Um, The Warriors. my turn. End up winning 147 to 116 behind Kelly Oubre. 40 points, 7 of 10 from 3, 14 of 21 from the field, plus 18. The I mean, well, you know, right around average on the plus minus of the team. But still, he was unbelievable. The Warriors went out there with no center, and they really got back to just being small ball. And they were kind of unstoppable the whole game. They had one, two, three, Six other people in double figures. Darren Lee came off the bench, four for five from deep. Um, the floor to see much more open. Steph Curry obviously does what he does. 28.6 assists. Draymond Green, 11.6 rebounds, 15 assists. Um, for the Mavs, they just didn't guard anybody. And they kind of struggled. I mean, Luca, eight for 20 from the field, 27.6 rebounds, six assists, five turnovers. Uh, Porzingis, nine for 16 with 25. Hardaway went out there. He had 19 on 6 of 14. It wasn't really the offense. You know, they were, eh. It was just the defense, and they just couldn't stop anyone. I mean, you know, Josh Richardson just going to go out there, miss shots, and not guard anybody. It's kind of what's going to happen. Um, Tom, what were your thoughts on this one? So, we both picked the Mavericks to win this game, obviously because of, you know, their lack of center out there. But damn, bro, you got two seven foot three people out there, and neither of them used, neither of them, well, one of them didn't play for whatever reason. And the other one didn't use his seven foot threeness to his advantage. He took eight threes and you feel me, took eight shots. I know, like he said, he doesn't like being a center and all that type stuff. He prefers being a power forward. And everything, but when it's just right there for you, <laughs> you you can you you can grab the rim without without jumping, and then there's two seven. There the the tallest person out there is six seven. I just think this was bad coaching from Carlisle. I really do. Like, I mean, not never to take away from you know Golden State's performance. Kelly Oubre he had an amazing game. He had his career high. Draymond Green had a career high in assists. And we're seeing, and we've we've both said this already, but Juan should start. Juan Juan definitely deserves to be a starter out there. And you know, one of the main reasons they don't like doing this this lineup is because it gets real taxing on Draymond. But you know, this is the lineup that Man, took, this is the lineup that won them. This is the lineup that took them to five finals and had them one win three of them. Well, not exactly this lineup, but you know, Draymond at center. So, 
that's pretty much. But if 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 Dallas isn't going to use his height to it to its advantage, then I mean, they just got blitzed off the floor. I mean, if you're going if you're going if they going to score anyway, at least at least replace the offense and replace the rebounding. Like, there is no reason that Luca had the most rebounds. Boban was in there for five minutes and had six rebounds. Bro, play, play your fucking third best player on the team. No. He's right there. He's sitting right there, standing at seven foot three with Draymond trying to guard him. All he got to do is grab the rebound and get the put back. And then he's like stronger than Porzingis. So I, I kind of get why Porzingis don't want to do it. Porzingis kind of like skinnier and like a little weaker, but it just put Boban out there. If their tallest person going to be 7'3", and you already can't guard them. No. Darnell, what were your thoughts? I was watching the game, and in the first quarter, it seemed like it would be a Steph game. I think Steph had 15 in the first quarter, 3 of 5 from 3, 4 of 8 from the field, 4 of 4 from the free throw line. So, you say, okay, it's going to be one of those type of games. Kelly Oubre pitched in the first quarter with eight. He was playing okay. But second quarter, Kelly Oubre, he scored 14. And Steph Curry only scored five. And from there on, it just seemed like Kelly Oubre just got hot. And he played his part. And everyone from Golden State played well. Draymond, it seemed like he only took five shots. But it seemed like he played – he made three baskets, but it seemed like this was the biggest scoring night from him in a long time. It was. He was aggressive. He was aggressive. He was, like, playing downhill. He was making the right pass. Normally, we've seen a lot of games this year where he's just been making horrible decisions with the basketball. <laughs> but he had 15 assists and one turnover. Like, that's awesome. And JTA was a plus 26. He started – and Damian Lee came off the bench. He was four for five. It seemed like every time it would get a little close, somebody would make a three and extend the lead a little bit more. And they were getting easy back cuts, and the ball was moving. And they just looked like Golden State to me yesterday. And for Dallas, Porzingis played a decent game, but I think he's not – I don't think he has the strength to kind of dominate in the post when you've got somebody like Draymond, who's one of the better post defenders in the league. He does have the height advantage. So you saw a lot of turnarounds, a lot of jump shots off the backboard. He missed a lot of those, but he made his three. So it kind of made his numbers look a little even. So I think the real problem came down to Luca. Luca took a lot of bad shots. He was only eight for 20. Got to the line nine times, so that's why he scored 27. And they just got to get more out of the team until, as a whole. They got to figure out what's the problem because Dallas is really struggling. And if they don't get it together quick, they're going to be on the outside of the playoffs looking in. Well, one thing with – um, just to go back to your uh, point with Steph, one thing we know about Steph is when he sees somebody else has the hot hand, he just lets mm-hmm. them t- take it. He's like, you know what? It's all it's your night. You got it. He loved to do that with Clay and and Draymond and 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 Durant and whoever else, whoever had the hot hand. He just fed them, and that's what he was doing for Ubre. He was just like, you know what, Ubre? This is your night. You got it. 
And another thing about Ubre, one thing we know about him is that even when he's not scoring, he at least is good at getting like, you know, he's he's good at getting rebounds. He's just really athletic. So even with them with without having a center, he's just there, you know, creeping around and kind of getting the rebounds when when other people are boxed out. So that probably helped him a lot too as he led the team with rebounds, him and Juan. So you know, that definitely helped them out a lot. But with Dallas, I think the reason they're not the same as last year is because, like, this if they're still just not going to play any defense, then, you know, keeping Seth would have helped just because, like, the reason they were so good last year was because they had the best offense of all time before Brooklyn this year. Yep. So, like, if you're just – if you're still not going to play any defense, then you at least need the offense to, to recreate it. And Josh is – ain't it nope. on offense at all his defense ain't even I see why last year he was so good at defense because he had Ben guarding the best player so he just had to guard the second best player now Josh got to guard the best player out there and clearly he just not it's, it's not the same role when you got to guard the toughest people out there nope he had Ben guarding the best player and Thibault guarding the second best player so he was guarding the third best player and he was the best yeah that was a much easier job. All right, <clears throat> real quick, Darnell, game of the night, player of the night, coach of the night, dickhead of the day. <laughs> so for game of the night, I think this is tough because I think all of the game, none of the games stand out. So I'm going to just go Golden State Dallas because I had the game, the player of the night was from this game. So I'm going to go Kelly Oubre, 40 points. And eight rebounds, two assists, and still in the block. For my coach of the night, I'm going to go with Steve Kerr, 147, 116. You know what? I'm not going to go with Steve Kerr. I'm going to go with Terry Stotts. Mm. I'm going to go with Terry Stotts and Portland's 121-105 victory over Philadelphia without Damian Lillard in the starting lineup, without C.J. McCollum, without Yusef Nurkic. That's my – coach of the night and my dickhead of the day goes to it's actually tough tough DH of the it's day. real tough because there's nobody that really yeah no one stood out sticks out I mean we can have NAs <laughs> <laughs> yeah I don't think it applies to this night nobody yeah. really stands out yeah. Dom what were yours alright so my game like I guess it just had to be the closest at least Denver kept it a fight for like a half I guess so <laughs> it was just be Denver and LA and then player of the night would be Kelly coaching night I'd say Steve Kerr just because he's the reason this entire this entire game plan came up with to to begin with back in 2015 when he first take the, took the reins and you know and, and David Lee got injured and he was like you know what I see something here in Draymond and then Boom, they hit, he started Draymond. And then at whatever point when they started taking Bogut out and running Draymond at the center, that's when they became the best team in NBA history, aside from the the, the Chicago Bulls. Even or, e- either or, honestly, you could take your pick. But that's when they became one of the best teams of all time, as soon as they put Draymond at center. And Steve Kerr is the reason this whole thing started. So, yeah. And dickhead of the day, I ain't got none. 
There's nobody to roast tonight. It was a beautiful night. This man gave Steve Kirk coach of the day for something he did six years ago. Anyway, my <laughs> <laughs> but it but it came into fruition tonight. <laughs> six years <laughs> in the making. <laughs> that shit was five. That shit was five finals in the making <laughs> for oh. this very podcast. My game of the day would be uh, Warriors Mavs just because the Warriors just played beautiful basketball for a night. And my player of the day would be Kelly Oubre, man, shutting up all the doubters, doing something Lonzo could never do. You, me, you said he sucked too. Anyway, uh, would be Kelly Oubre. My coach. He's been bad. Yeah, my my coach of the night would be Terry Stotts. Um. I don't have a dickhead of the day. I want one. I can't. Everyone's just hurt. So I can't just give it to someone. You want a dickhead of the day? I do want one, but there is none. Like Rick Carlisle is probably closest. Like, fuck it. Yeah, Rick Carlisle. You know what? Someone's got to get it. Rick Carlisle, you're 9 and 14. I know it's not your fault they traded Seth, but damn it. Man. It's your fault that you don't play the fucking third best player on the team. When he's standing right there, smiling and laughing. He refuses to play him. Play that man. Doesn't make sense to me. That man standing 15 in 10 minutes, and they just don't play him. I know they didn't play defense, but who cares? No one does. So fuck it at this point. Bro, if they're going to get blitzed the way they got blitzed, bro, you might as well just go ahead and play him. Yeah. He'll at least get you some putback dunks. And he, he he shot two for. He's not even a bad free throw shooter either. He's a seventy percent free throw shooter at seven three blow. So even if he get fouled, you can kind of depend on him to make it, bro. Play that fucking man, man. And so tonight what we have is Nets Raptors on ESPN. They gave him a kind of good one, and then they gave him a great one. Celtics Clippers. That's a fire game. Hey man, ESPN fighting on these Fridays. You know what that means. Don't. Steven ain't going to be on the halftime show. <laughs> oh <my> God. <laughs> I think that at least means Jalen's going to be there. Um, what, somebody. Maybe even Max. <laughs> maybe just not Scott Van Pelt for two minutes. Maybe it's just that. Yeah. Maybe that's what they're yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry they didn't just give him Pelicans Pacers. And call it a night. Um, you ain't want to see the bonus show again? Uh, no, nah, I'm good. Um, thank you guys uh, so much for listening. Amen. Tomorrow, tonight, going to be a fun one. A lot of games, a lot of interesting matchups. We get to Wizards Heat again. Jeez. So, uh, for Darnell, Dom, and Demetrius, have a good one. Triple D's deuces.